Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today, we're talking about Spirited Away. This week was uh, your choice, Rick, and I thought it was a pretty good choice. It was a nice rewatch for me. I agree. It was really, really... It was my first time watching it. I I agree it was a good choice. And one, because I'm tuning my own horn. And two, I heard really good things about it. And I was not disappointed, actually. Good. I'm glad. So it originally aired in July 2001. It is uh, produced by Toho. And the studio is Studio Ghibli. The genres for it are adventure, supernatural, and drama, and a runtime of just over two hours. Yeah. And I didn't... I'm usually pretty on point on how long something is going for. I was so lost in the actual story that I didn't notice the time went by. I thought I had a lot longer, a lot more time to go than I actually did. And I'm not mad about it. Nice. Yeah, it is definitely one of those uh, stories that can be really easy to get lost in because it just sucks you in and it has a great story. Also has a very, very good uh, message and 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 really sets a tone for the whole show too, or movie, I should say. There was one or two, I don't know, curiosities, I, I would say is a good way to put it that I'm hoping you're able to clear up for me. Okay. First and foremost, I didn't know that no face came from this anime. I've seen people cosplay no face. And I was told that if you receive gold from no face, it's a bad thing. Never understood why. And I, I still kind of don't understand why. Because it's not real. It's a, it's a, it's fake. I mean, that's ultimately what it ends up being is he's giving you gold for all this work and all this effort and everything you're giving him. And then what it ends up being in the end is just pebbles. Yeah, it turns into mud and stuff like that. But so does that. Why? uh, It's such a confusing character because people seem to think he in in the anime, at least seem to think he was a monster of some kind. And. He always treated that girl so nicely. Yes, he most certainly did. So, um, I mean, well, I asked around. I mean, so my, my my better half already have seen this, and it's one of her favorites. And she tried to explain it to me in, in the sense of um, Sin was the only one to show no face kindness. So no face was trying to go out of his way or its way to reciprocate or, or show. But when no face started getting gluttonous, I was like, wait a second. No face is trying to eat her. And she goes, no, that that's not quite it. But I mean, I, I didn't see it any other way. Yeah, no, how no face is, is he's a product of his environment. So when no one else was around 
and it was just her and she was the only one heeding and giving him kindness, that's what he was seeing. But because he was around people who were being very gluttonous in what they wanted, he would adapt to that and mimic that and become a very gluttonous creature himself. It, it, that's a it's, really good way to put it. It's a matter of him being exposed to very corruptive thoughts uh, and and he is able to take on those thoughts. So when he's around people who don't have those greedy thoughts, those those gluttonous type thoughts, he, that's why he's very calm. He's he's very placated. He's trying to be nice. He's trying to return the favor, but ultimately with everyone else around there, everyone else catering to him being greedy for the gold that he was giving them. He took on that himself. That is a crazy way. To, no, no, it's a good way, but I, it, it just hit me that no face could be named no face, not because he wears a mask and doesn't show his face, but because he genuinely does not have a face and he just mimics his surroundings. Yep. Like you were saying, like pe- people were gluttonous, so he became a, a bottomless pit, a glutton for everything around him. And when Sin was there and simply treating him like a person, treating him like a good creature, he became a good creature. That's crazy. Exactly. Which is why at the very end, when he meets uh, Zeniba, who is another witch in the in the movie... He doesn't have that same mentality, doesn't have that same effect that he had when he was with Yubaba in that bathhouse that they were all at for the for the spirits. Because there, while he was with Zeniba, she's not being gluttonous. She's doing just her normal work, being kind, being there, helping helping out our main protagonist, Chihiro. I keep calling Chihiro Sin because um, that's the, we'll get into that. Well, you know, uh, it, it, it. I mean, in all honesty, yeah, you could call her Sin because that's what uh, Yubaba actually gives her as a name when she is contracted into work. Because at the very beginning, she is told Chihiro is told you either work or you're turned into an animal. So one of the two is going to happen, and you have to force someone to give you a job there so that way you're made valuable and uh, the the whole overarching story of jihiro i thought was really awesome in the very beginning so you basically start the story off with the two parents and jihiro moving from one house to the next house and they get lost in the woods i guess and they pass a shrine and they're like oh yeah this is the shrine to so and so and very much a Studio Ghibli theme <laughs> from what I'm finding out. Um, you have the normal world progressing as it does, and then you have the spiritual world progressing um, behind a veil, which apparently you're able to easily get to and from if you meet the criteria. And you would think, yeah, but... I just thought it was cool. It, it is actually very cool. And one of the interesting things, and I don't know if you realized this, is if you remember when they're actually getting ready to to pass into the domain for the spirit world, so to speak, her uh, Chihiro or Sen's father actually says, oh, this is actually fairly new. 
and looks at the surrounding and walks through this long hallway and it's not aged the the road they were on was actually not very aged but yet when they leave the car is covered the path that was full that had stones on it is completely covered overgrown and stuff yeah yeah the whole entrance is completely overgrown too the inside of the car is completely dusty which you know brings to question how much time actually passed while they were there because in hindsight when you're looking at it when you're looking at the the movie it do, a lot of time doesn't pass it's maybe a week at most it could be that time passes differently or it could be that time passes the exact same from from both sides of the fence you know what i mean like maybe that is a week's worth of dust a week's worth of overgrowth well, no, overgrowth doesn't take that little time to cover that path. Like complete, complete overgrowth for that, including the wall. That's not a week. So it, it's Fair. it's a different amount of time passes in the spiritual world comparatively to the real world. And that's the only thing that I can think of that really makes sense because they never specify a time frame. Also, well, one of the things really- and, and a very overarching point for this is for this movie is greed, like in how it affects and how different people are. And like her parents, Jahiro's parents, when they get there, her father and mother just see some food there and they sit down, they start gorging their food. They just start eating yeah. it. They and they're not worried about anyone being there or anything like that. The father says, "I got cards and cash. I'm not worried about it." And they just start eating. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, when they when they go through the tunnel at first, like so they they're driving their car. They reach a, a kind of roadblock that blocks the vehicle from going any further. When you were talking about, it, I thought you were going to touch on the fact that when they pass through a tunnel, it was like. There's a light at the end of the tunnel when, you know, people die and that's how they passed over. And when you didn't say that, I thought maybe, maybe I thought that individually where it was just my own reasoning, how they were able to get to and from the spiritual world. What I thought was really interesting was when they first arrived, there's a carnival that's completely empty. Well, it gives the appearance of a carnival. And he does say that there were a bunch of like theme parks and carnivals created that just went completely bust when the economy tanked for them. But all that's there, all that's there. It's not rides or games or anything like that. It's food shops. Huh? Now that you mention it. Yeah. I, I, for some reason didn't notice there was no rides, but yeah, no, you, you were right. The food was fresh ish. And when they started eating, Chihiro was like, Hey, what's going on? You, you're not going to pay. And the dad, does say, yeah, we'll pay when we're done. Like, I've got cards, I've got cash, we can afford this. And I thought that was a little bit weird. I thought they were going a little too aggressively. His mo- Her mom and dad were going a little too aggressively on the food. And I mentioned that to my girl, and she goes, just keep watching, it makes sense. I'm like, okay. So Chihiro's running around doing other stuff. By the time she makes it back to her parents, they've turned into pigs because they were gluttonous. Yeah, exactly. And it's not because they turned into pigs because of the food they were eating. Yubaba turns them into pigs because they were being gluttonous. And actually, Miyazaki even said 
that that was a symbolism of greed and gluttony and how humans or people in general can be very gluttonous and greedy individuals and not care about anything. And, and honestly how this show is or how this movie is, it is a very strong form of how people are, how they disregard others and gluttony or, or being greedy like no face being the product of his environment while he's in there. He is very gluttonous and greedy while he's in there. But when he's not there, when he's put into a better environment, putting in, put into a more positive environment, that greed, that gluttonous side is gone because he's not there to feed off those negative emotions. And Sin or Chihiro doesn't have those type of emotions. She doesn't want to be greedy she doesn't care about what she's getting. She just tries and tries hard. I did think that was kind of cool. I did think that even though, but so, <laughs> dear Lord. So I, I apologize. I just was showing a picture of the funniest part in the entire movie. If you haven't watched the movie, the image of Chihiro before she gets a job is going downstairs and then she slips and ends up running downstairs with hands in the air, looking like a crab. <laughs> and, oh, geez. It was by far the, the most humorous portion of the entire movie because the, the visual image of her running downstairs, hands in the air, claw-like hands, if you will, I, I just, I don't know why. It struck me as way funnier than it should have been. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. And... It, it, that is honestly one of the funniest parts of it, but uh, I, I'd have to say it's also uh, pretty funny when they meet the or who they thought was rather the stink spirit. That I thought was I don't I didn't think that was funny so much as it was educational. It was educational after the fact. But when they're first greeted and they're walking through the muck and grime and trying to stop them from coming in, it, oh, I thought it was yeah. funny. But once you get there, once they actually get there, and this is where, you know, again, another story, another lesson from the movie is you got to take care of your environment. You got to take care of the world that you're in because that stink spirit really wasn't a stink spirit. It was a river spirit. And he, he yeah. was just completely dirty and gunky and had a bunch of waste and trash and and everything just mixed in him. And he had gone, gone to that bathhouse to try and cleanse himself so that way he can be the best he can and to rejuvenate himself, to clean himself of all the impurities, of all the trash and and everything that's been dumped into him the river spirit was trying to cleanse itself, clean the river essentially. Yep. And I felt so bad for Chihiro or, or at this point when her re, when she's been renamed sin, um, I felt so bad because when you look at her, she's low man on the totem and she was told, Hey, this is this, this stink spirit is horrible, but you're going to have to take care of her. Nobody else is. And that's when by either dumb luck or, by, I don't know, plot device, I guess would be the best point to put it. 
the best water comes in to clean out the stink spirit, which everyone despises. And when in the middle of kind of cleaning the spirit out, this the stink spirit, she's like, hey, there's a bike here. What's going on? And then that's when... Well, they don't even know that it's a bike at first. They thought it was a thorn. And that's when Yubaba realizes what the spirit really is and gets everyone on board and they help cleanse it, which is wonderful. And then, obviously, this is where they find a bunch of gold that had been soaked up into him as well, gets leached out, and Yubaba, being greedy that she is, says, all that gold is mine. And that's when No Face sees that gold is valuable. Exactly. Which is, this movie is a very, very heartfelt, touching story. It has a message that you can follow all the way through. And it's not just the points that we're hitting. Like, overall, this this movie has some great, great imagery to it, too. Well, not just the imagery, but the music that goes along with it. I realize we haven't talked much about music, but that's mainly because there hasn't been really anything to talk about um, in other series recently, at least. Yeah. But the scores that went along with this were fitting. It it added to the ambience. It created, well, one, suspense, which was kind of cool in certain areas. And two, it, I don't know, maybe as I get older, the music affects me differently. But the composers, dear Lord, they, they have a gift from God. Because you you felt joy and and sympathy in the exact right moments because of the music. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just a Studio Ghibli thing, but I'm I'm personally I think we should review some more movies from them. But it, I don't know. Are there more movies? From oh Studio yeah, Ghibli? no. There's there's a lot of movies. There Not there are a lot of movies. There. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's quite a few out there. Uh, aside from Howl's Moving Castle, this my neighbor Totoro. Uh, you have Castle in the Sky, Grave of the Fireflies, Ponyo. So it sounds like we've got a lot to. Oh yeah, no, there's there's unpack. yeah there there's a lot of movies out there, a lot of movies out there. All of them great. All of them good in their own right. Okay. So definitely, I mean, like we will watch them eventually come, you know, we'll, we'll work our way through it eventually. <laughs> eventually. But, but okay. But yeah, no, I, I honestly, I do agree with you. The music was right on. It, it, it was spot on for the movie and it really helped bring those feelings or thoughts to mind when they needed to be brought up. And one interesting thing about this uh, movie is when Chihiro is given the name Sen, she almost instantly forgets her name, Chihiro. Chihiro, okay? She almost completely forgets her name. And when she meets or meets again Haku, who had forgotten his name, just like everyone else there, everyone else there doesn't remember their name. Yeah, that was weird. Your name has power and it is your identity. So if you let someone take your identity away from you, you don't have that power over yourself anymore or or over your identity. And Chihiro. Yeah. Exactly. You just basically become a tool. 
And when she continued to remember her name, that's when she was no longer a tool. That's when she was able to maintain her identity, maintain the the person that she really was. She wasn't a product of her environment. She maintained that core identity. Do you think that, so do, do you remember, well, obviously you probably do, you've got a great memory. Do you remember yeah. when, <laughs> <laughs> when No Face was being gluttonous and after he eats the frog, he hands a bunch of gold and says, wake everybody up. Chihiro or Sin at this moment in time was the only one not woken up. Do you think the reason that she wasn't woken up is because she remembered her name completely? I think she wasn't woken up uh, because it just no one thought of her to wake her up. So okay. it's like so. someone because when when Lynn, one of the other one of the other characters was coming up, she was coming up to say, hey, I was coming to wake you up. There's this guy giving out a whole bunch of gold and, and saying she couldn't care less. She didn't care about the gold. She it was not important to her. What was important to her was what she did see, what she did find or what was happening, which was Haku. Haku was very injured, very very injured and she was trying to get to him and that's what she was prioritizing she wasn't prioritizing money or gold or wealth or anything else she was prioritizing the well-being of her friend of someone that that she relies on and that's what was important to her that makes sense so i have a question do you what do you think the baby represented because I, I don't really see many important characters in here lack a meaning. Right. I, honestly, if I had to guess what the baby symbolized, it was uh, symbolizing the childish behaviors that we all exhibit and how greed is inherently a very childish thing that he can't... he. At first, how the baby is, is the baby is very scared, very, very angry, easily angered and cries and very destructive. And the reason for the reason for this is because he was told that going outside can make him sick. Well, when he meets Sen, Sen tells him, well, you can get sick being inside, too, and you just can't stay inside and you can't force me to do this. You have to let me go. I thank you for what you did, but you have to let me go. But the baby doesn't care. It wants what it wants, and it's demanding that Sen play now, despite the urgency of Sen, basically creating a roadblock to try and impede her from being able to reach a person that she really needs, or needs to reach, rather. Yeah. Well, that's just interesting. Now, At least I'm, that's I, my viewpoint on it. When I first, so, and, and I mean, it makes sense. I just thought it was the ignorance of children. If you overprotect children, they become self-centered and, and things like that. That's a great way to look at it, actually. I think that is a very good way of looking at it. I don't know. I mean, but the, the thing in the, the important part of that whole sequences of scenes, in my opinion, was when sin finally gets to haku he's in dragon form this is after she already tried to help him and there was this paper mache 
person that grew up and gave a vision of Baba. And well, it's not a vision of Yubaba. It's not even Yubaba. It's Yubaba's twin. Remember? Yeah. No, I, I I do get that, but I'm just remembering when I first came across that I was thinking that's crazy. They, now, for 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 anybody who has never seen this, Yubaba is not an attractive elderly woman. No, not at, at all. Not even close. All. And uh, but then again, everything in there, with the exception of uh, Sen, everyone in there is a spirit of some form. They serve some purpose or some meaning, and Yubaba and Zen Zenaba are both sorcerers or sorceresses. Yeah, and uh, in that sequence, you find out that one, they both have very similar abilities or powers, and two, they both, for some reason, well, there's not some reason, they both put placed a curse on Haku, and. Well, Zenaba didn't place the curse on Haku. That was Yubaba, and Yubaba put that curse or or worm inside him, so that way Haku would do her bidding. Zenaba didn't curse him. He had taken a seal that was hers, and that had a protective charm on it, which cursed him then, and that's what was causing the problem. Okay. And that curse can only be broken by love, which sin shows Haku. I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. I can. Well, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, I mean, like they don't go over the details or, or power behind how, how the curse is broken, but they do symbolize that it is something that one, it was placed upon him Two, if you're going to, blindly follow someone you're going to end up doing things you shouldn't be doing period. And, and that, you know, you're better off actually thoroughly thinking everything through and just really trying to make sure that you're making the right choice. I would say thinking for yourself. Now, I don't know why Haku was able to have such free will, whereas everybody else didn't. Well, everyone else has free will. They're just, you know, in a different position. They're not an apprentice like Haku was. Haku was the apprentice of Yubaba, which gave him more freedom. But that's about it. It's not a matter of free will. And everyone there has a contract that's signed. And so that's why they all still work there. And they work there in the position they're told to work in. Okay. I can respect that. I mean, honestly, we could go on for hours about the meaning, the the process of everything in this movie because it is so well done. It is a very, very good movie. And it is something that I would honestly highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't recommend it as high as a perfect, but it's definitely on, on the list. Like, I... Uh, the animation, spot on. I didn't find any flaws. I feel that the animation did... It was lackluster in a few areas, but I feel that that was on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on a scale of up to 10, how would you rate this? Nine. A solid nine. It was just... 
it, there was it was so much to unpack that I don't think watching it one time would give you a whole grasp of what's going on. There's so many characters we didn't even talk about that would have that they, they deserve their own little time. Yep. Um, but there, one of the I, things. I, I was going to say, I, I honestly completely agree with you on that. Every there's every character and every character that is truly brought in in some capacity other than a passing glance serves a purpose. I think one of the things I really liked, and I don't know if it's a, if it's a Studio Ghibli staple or you know some a heavily recurring theme across all the movies, <laughs> the the soot demons or soot ghosts. I don't know what you call them. Yeah. Um, they were, <laughs> they, they, they were in my neighborhood Totoro and they were in this granted doing different things, but same purpose. Same but, purpose. Uh, but unfortunately this is the only ones where they're actually there between this oh. one and my neighbor Totoro. They're not in house moving castle. They're not in Kiki's delivery service or or in Nausicaa. They're unfortunately they're they're kind of like a one off. And the same thing with No Face. No Face really that I can remember is in any other movie other than this one. That seems a shame, because it would be a good plot device, I think. Well, I'm glad that they didn't. Mainly because if they kept reusing the same characters all the time, it would ruin the meaning or or you would have to, again, try and tie it in to the same way that it was before. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if there was a core group of, of characters, let's call them, that represent a certain thing all throughout the movies? Like, for instance, Totoro. If you look at how that character was drawn, the baby turns into a miniature Totoro. Baby turns into a miniature rat. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was a Totoro. No, turned into a miniature rat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that the end part was kind of cool, too, of the whole movie. I realize I'm going back, but the, the, last, the last test thing. Well, the last test thing was there, there's like no special energy or anything like that on why she was able to say that her parents weren't there. She just knew. And, and again, you know, it, it was uh, from what I remember reading is Miyazaki even had written that it's like, it's not like she had any special energy or powers or anything like that. When she got there, she just knew her parents weren't there. It was intuition. Well, okay. Since you have a little bit more information that, well, a lot more information than I do. Was there any significance in the hairband that her friends made? The magic hairband, yeah. Uh, they had talked about it in them in there. Actually, it's meant to help prevent you from being cursed. It's meant to protect really? you, if I remember correctly. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Well, I mean, sorry, I, I kind of took it over. What, what's your score? Um, my score, I was gonna give it a, I was gonna give it a nine. Oh, okay, cool. We matched on this one. Any any differing reasons than myself or? Uh. Aside from from everything on there, the only other thing that I wish they uh, had done a little bit differently is I I felt like they should have explained why what what there was in terms of a time difference for when 
uh, send left versus going there. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's not nothing against the show. It's just it's really weird that it made it look like a ton of time has gone by. And here's the thing. I mean, like, I understand, like, yes, you know, greed gets the best of us and, and we tend to lose our sense of time and ourselves and and the world will continue on without us, whether we're there or not. However, when they are first going there, they're moving there and the movers are going there to drop off the house. So a lot of time has gone by. So that technically means they are now homeless because I doubt that their house is still there waiting for them. And I'm pretty sure they all would have been declared missing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're not wrong that. Hmm. So, uh, you know, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that I, that keeps me from giving a 10 is like when they're coming back, there is obviously a lot of time has gone by. So, you know, it, it, I just would have loved to have had some kind of, explanation or reason or them saying keep in mind by the way 20 years have gone by in the outside world you're technically dead or something you know something something to just kind of i feel like that could have been a part two that that could have turned into something more i'm glad that they left it ambiguous because as it stands i'm not really wanting more information on their regular lives Oh, I'm not wanting more information on their regular lives. I just want to know if the, how much time has passed, like how much time truly has passed. Because when they leave, a lot of time has passed. I would be comfortable saying maybe a year because of the dust, because of the overgrowth. I, now, the only reason I realize I'm bringing logic and, and uh, <laughs> real life into this, my only frustration is the car started with no issues. So it couldn't have been there long enough that the battery lost its charge. Right. So, I, you know, uh, then again, he was driving an Audi and he was saying it had four by four with no issues and they were going up a pretty rocky path. So let's take logic and just kind of throw that out. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, uh, next week is yours. Next week is mine. And, uh,. We're gonna go with another movie because uh, why not? It seems like the seems like the trend to do right now. <laughs> hey, it works for me. All right, uh, next week is gonna be Origin: Spirits of the Past. Okay, what's this about? It's a uh, action, uh, drama, fantasy, romance, sci-fi. It uh, runs for about an hour and a half. Came out in two thousand six. And what it's about is that is a great question. We will find out when we watch it. <laughs> we'll find out next time on. Next time oh. on Blamo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. Hope you enjoyed this week's choice. Feel free to join us in our Discord. We tend to have some pretty good discussions going on in there. We would love to have you all join in with us. Uh, don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can email us. All that contact information is in the show notes. If you happen to be listening to this on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment. Be happy to respond to you on there. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 